if the way people are is culture and the way people are has changed throughout time then culture changes through time folks welcome to philosophy 101 using deductive reasoning and logic in an application to culture the statement the lesson the episode whatever you want to call it i guess is that culture changes and we're going to dive into why what changes culture culture is this really broad deep topic this concept you take two people you put them together culture develops now you could get like the really unethical experiment that i talked about before of like putting two infants in a room and then letting them grow and like what language are they going to have whatever else but like let's say that (laughs) just because i i do like thinking about this unethical experiment that i'm never obviously going to do but you take let's say five people five infants put them in the room raise them up at the point where they're able to take care of themselves you let go They have no understanding of the outside world. And let's say you let them reach like age 15, right? They have their own language if they haven't just completely destroyed themselves by this point, which I wouldn't blame them. But I guess they have no understanding of like what else could be. So to them, that's just reality. Anywho, I'm just babbling at this point. What if you just tossed a cell phone in there, a working cell phone? Would their norms change? Would their behaviors change? Would it shift their culture? Would it even potentially shift like the social hierarchy that they have if they have one? I would like to think yes. Now, unless we have aliens coming in just dropping off phones for us and like introducing technology, fire, whatever else, we humans change our own culture. And as Bob Dylan once said, please don't sue me, Bob, because I'm about to drop your song on this podcast. The times, they are a-changing. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Or the times they are changing So the question is, what changes culture? Because I think I have just eloquently established to all of you that you cannot deny that culture changes through time. You are not the same. You're not living in the same United States that your parents were living at your age. You don't ride a horse to work. Maybe you do. And like, (laughs) if for some reason someone who's listening to this and they ride a horse, like, oh yeah, and they like immediately just get on that high horse. That horse must be pretty high. Okay, you are a random... (laughs) statistic compared to the situation that I'm saying whatever 
Well, we got to think about what causes the change in culture. It's like the cause and effect, right? Because the effect is the shift in culture. And I will be giving examples and talking about things. Hopefully, the goal is I'm going to point out some shifts in culture. And we're going to talk about what causes that. I'm going to break it down into categories that could help you apply to looking at our changing culture now. If you want to go back in the past and look at like what caused that change, right? It's the, it's the algorithm in regards to changing culture. We can like identify variables that cause the change and like the likelihood of the effects of the change. If you follow, but cause and effect. Some aspect of culture shifts now that could be like the norms as in um, what is considered normal. That's like that goes all the way to like the handshake right? that I broke down in depth last episode. Fashion is a huge one. Fashion is always changing. Music is always changing. Our values. What we find to be important has shifted throughout time. When I say we, I'm living in the United States, um, but like this is, this is applied to anything. It could be humanity as a whole has changed. It could be pick a spot in the world and like look throughout time. They're not the same that they were a hundred years ago. Now, some cultures change slower we're going to see a huge influencer for what causes changes technology. So it could be like more developed nations or cultures will experience change quicker, more rapidly. It's almost like exponential as the technology improves, but we'll get into that folks. We're not worried about that right now because I would like to start with ideological so you have the premise that culture changes and then we ask ourselves what causes that change three major things that we're going to be looking at today two of them are what we'll call inventions one is a phenomenon that happens that's happening all the time and has happened throughout history will continue to happen the first two are the inventions that's ideological inventions and then technological inventions Ideological inventions are just ideas. Now, I heard in a podcast, I feel like that's such a classic statement. Oh, I heard in a podcast. Um, Some guys say, where do ideas come from? I was like, whoa, oh gosh, come on now. Uh, (laughs) Where do ideas come from? I don't know. Now, like you come up with an idea. I would like to think that like even if I come up with something, so like creativity is something we try to develop in our students, and it's the ability to come up with an idea that hasn't been told to them. The likelihood that they come up with an idea that has not been thought of before is pretty small, but that has to be the case at some point in history. Like someone thought of an idea first. It could even be something like Isaac Newton inventing calculus, which is bonkers when you think about it because technically 
Calculus is just a like human language, a way of understanding the algorithm of the universe. Just breaking it down with numbers. Nerd talk that I got up to pre-calc in high school and then stopped. Ideological inventions are ideas that people come up with. Now, it could be like an individual person that just so happens to be in a culture. Depending on the context, the time and place, because people come up with ideas all the time and they don't spread, but some do. They just catch on like fire and they spread like wildfire. Someone comes up with an idea and it changes the way people are around them. How far it spreads? Well, depending on the idea and I guess depending on technology because I can come up with an idea, post it up, and then everyone in the world can see it. That's an example of technological invention that changes culture. We'll get to that. Think of ideas. Yeah, let's let's do the calculus. Sir Isaac Newton invents calculus. You think like, well, that doesn't like change my norms. But the effect of our understanding of calculus has led to an improvement of understanding of how the universe works, which has led to new technologies, which has impacted your culture, the way that you are, your norms. How about like simpler things? And I don't mean simpler as in like, because some of these ideas are pretty complex, but the whole calculus thing, like, well, calculus doesn't like shift my fashion. Like, yes, that's true. You know what is shifting your fashion? Our understanding, our idea, this is an ideological invention of gender. We will get into the whole gender thing, but there is a shift that's happening. It's been happening for a bit now in our culture that gender, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Chill pill, just pointing some things out. The idea is that gender is a social construct. So our ideas of what men do and our ideas of what women do is slowly just being diffused into there is no such thing as what men do and what women do. It's just human. It's like the gender as a social construct is what the culture says about what men do, what women do. That, if you think about it, is kind of true. At least like there is truth to it because go around cultures, what men are and what women are is different. So like that's gender. For instance, a man wears a tie. A woman wears a dress. And if like your blood pressure starts to increase and you start to get angry, chill pill, that is what it has been in the past. Yes, it's a like that is a social construct. That's a cultural thing. That's a norm. Now, as this idea that like, well, why does a man have to wear the tie like why can't a woman wear a tie like women started to wear a tie and then like it's gotten even further like this whole idea of gender like a man has to wear this a woman has to wear this like that's wrong and you're seeing that impact our culture what's his name like jonathan van ness from queer eye who's awesome i think i got his name correct 
he essentially represents that. The guy just wears what he wants. He like wears a dress one day and then like, then I would say this dress is like a guy the next day. This is an ideological invention that someone or some group of people has come up with that men don't have to wear what we would expect men to wear. A man can wear whatever he wants. Same thing for a woman. Now, like this whole like gender thing goes way deeper, non-binary, all that stuff. But you're seeing these ideas impact our culture because rewind to the 1940s. And if Jonathan Van Ness were to walk into school, if Jonathan Van Ness were to walk into like the local bar, Jonathan Van Ness would be in trouble. I would predict, depending on where you're at, but like 1940s, go back to like the 1700s. I don't even think they would be able to comprehend what they're seeing. (laughs) That would be... That'd be interesting. Like, just put Jonathan Van Ness, drop him in a pub in Boston in, like, 1805 and just see what happens. Right? And that that just proves that it's stuff. Like, culture changes. I see Jonathan Van... I see a man walking down the street wearing a dress. I'm not going to lie. Extra attention is brought to that. Like when I see a guy walking down the street with a t-shirt and jeans and like a hat, I don't like look and then look again, like, and just evaluate. No judgment. But when I see a man wearing a dress, like I do, I'm I'm like, whoa, (laughs) it's not a bad thing. It's like, oh, that's different. That's going against the norm. But as time goes on, the norms are going to change. Like it's not a bad thing at all. And I feel like, um, Kendra and I have been watching Seinfeld and there was the episode where someone thinks that Jerry's gay and then throughout the whole episode the like the character is always like but like there's nothing like I'm not gay but like there's nothing wrong if I would there would be nothing wrong if I was right that's like the that's the almost proof that the shift is happening where the new norm is it's okay to be a homosexual Back in the 19-whatevers, it was literally a crime. That's an ideological shift. But, like, think about what I just did. I'm doing what the Seinfeld cast was pointing out in, like, the 90s. A man's wearing a dress. I'm going to, like, observe it and make a comment on it, but then I'm going to be like, but there's nothing wrong with it. Right? Because the new norm is, that happens, as well as the norm and the expectation is, shut up like let the person let the man wear the dress right like the norm is i should not make a big deal out of it and give it enough time think in like 40 years a man and even like i feel that my understanding of like saying a man is going to be wrong and like they're going to word it differently but a person with xy chromosome is walking down the street wearing a dress no one is batting an eye it's just like when i'm walking down the street and i see a man with an xy chromosome wearing jeans and a t-shirt it will eventually just become the new norm because there are so many things that you don't bat an eye to right now 
It's like, it's the same thing as cultural norms. Like you don't think about it. It's just a norm that has not always been the case. Like here's, I, I was thinking about this recently. This is just like a side thought and then we're going to move on. But at least when I was younger, someone being Gothic was a fairly big social statement. I don't know if like, what can people do now that's going to like have that same effect or think in like the seventies, like punk and like getting a mohawk. I think that was seventies, like seventies and eighties. Like that was a major statement. It was a, almost like a taboo deviant behavior where people are like, that's not normal. Like now if someone has a mohawk, I don't bat an eye. I'm wondering like, Someone was gothic back in the day. Like that was their avenue to be like, screw society. I'm checking out. I'm doing this thing. Even though they're checking into something else. We talked about that last week. Is that even a thing now? Like can, how, what can be surprising now? I feel like if like, (laughs) I can't even envision And maybe that's what, what it is, but like seeing a guy wearing a dress, seeing whatever just doesn't feel surprising anymore. I'm, I guess I'm wondering what could be surprising now. But more ideological ideological inventions, like this concept of equality has been ever-changing and has been very slow in its application. But think about, it took to the 1860s. Now, people had been saying it for a long time before, before that. There were abolitionists in the United States. But in American culture, it took a very long time for people to openly say, hold up, like, maybe we shouldn't own other human beings, you know? I don't know, man, but like, it just seems kind of weird. That's an idea. Like someone's just sitting there, maybe like laying down at night, looking up at the stars. I'm like, do you really think we should own other humans? And the other person's like, what do you mean? And then... The idea, it's like the mustard seed that Jesus talks about, right? It spreads until eventually enough people are like, I don't know, man. And it's really, it turns into the North and the South because of culture. And one, one group's looking at the other one like, I don't think you should be doing that. And it got complicated, very complex. Now, that sense of equality, like that's a, such a basic foundation for us now. Like, can you imagine... Like just chilling with your friend, you're out camping, just staring at the fire. Everyone's silent for like five minutes. There's one, (laughs) someone speaks up. You know, I don't know if we should own other human beings. Everyone's like, looks around like, duh. (laughs) That is an example of a shifting culture, obviously. Now, the question goes back to, what is that gonna look like in a hundred years where we're saying things now and I have a pretty good idea of what it's going to be, but we're like saying things now, like maybe that's not right. I don't know. In regards to equality in a hundred years, people are going to be like, duh, there is (laughs) these ideas are popping up and you're seeing like with the racial things going on in the United States. Now, what, what's happening? The ideological invention that, equality 
I think people are coming up with the ideas, at least noticing. And I'm not even going to say people are coming up with the ideas. It's people have been saying for a very, 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 very long time that like we're not equal. The shift is that more of the majority of the demographic and the population, as in white people, are starting to listen and like pay attention. Like, oh, dang, you're right. So the ideological convention, I guess, then is that if you are white, the expectation is you listen to the minority voice and like genuinely listen. That's a, I feel like a relatively recent development in our culture is the ideological invention of if you're white, that implies something and you should at least listen to the minorities. I'm not saying anything else other than that. We're not getting political in this political environment. I'm pointing out. I'm not even saying if I agree with it. The ideological invention is that white people should take the time to listen to minorities. In this current context, it's the black population. Give it enough time. I don't know when. I'm going to predict like the native population is going to get a lot more vocal. Any minority population. And the expectation is white people, you need to listen. You can agree with that or not. Doesn't matter. It's still happening. In and that like just to get to the complexity of social studies. That's just race. Then think like sexual orientation. Then it's gonna be like straight people, you need to listen to I don't I not like the homosexual population because and just like the non heterosexual population. Because that ideological shift of like there's pansexualism, sexuality now, it's all, it's all shifting. And we're, we'll talk about what prevents change from happening. Um, ideas pop up all the time. And that's like the ones that I'm talking about now, like even with the sense of equality. That's been going on forever. I think it will always continue to go on. I think just a general statement. If intentions are for, if the intention is for equality, that's good. The means in which to reach the equality is not always correct. And again, just to clarify, I'm not saying anything about anything going on right now. It's just a um, observation of world history and the algorithm. There are times in humanity where people have good intentions to create equality and i think we can all generally agree that people being equal is good the means in which they want to get to that is not always as effective as it could be i feel like that's the most diplomatic way i can point out anything and if you want to take that and like assume that i'm saying something about current politics no offense, you're part of the problem. Okay. That's like big ideas. Smaller ideas is let's look at like glasses and maybe fashion. Kendra and I were watching the Great British Baking Show. And we, 
it was like the beginnings or it was one of the earlier seasons and i'm looking at all these people and their hairstyles and their glasses and i said to kendra i was like i feel like that's probably what like mid to late zeros whatever we'll call them like early 2000s not 2010s probably like 07 08 09 just based on their glasses right the glasses were thinner hairstyle was different what they're wearing was different eventually an ideological invention happens with go with glasses like the thinner more rectangular glasses someone was like this is cute now and then people start to do it and then eventually and i don't know who maybe it's like people in suits and businesses and skyscrapers that just need to keep making money so they're gonna be like tell you like this is the new thing that's cute and you're gonna be like okay and buy the new glasses i'm a sucker Look at a picture of me in early college. I had more rectangular glasses. Now I got round glasses. But eventually someone has the ideological invention like, this looks better, I think. And they like apply it. And if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Same thing for all ideas. Would also like to go on another brief tangent again. Just because an idea sticks doesn't mean it's a good idea. Look at the Nazis. And social Darwinism was an idea that humans have evolved separately. And some humans, based on their race, are more evolved than others. I would like to say, I'm going to go out, raise my hand here, and say, I disagree with that. The idea stuck. That's essentially the <laughs> um, effects of that is the 20th century. With a lot of global conflict. Some other things involved in that. But... Those are big ideas. The smaller ones. Glasses. What looks cute? Fashion. It seems like fashion is always just, it's almost like a circular thing. The clothes get looser. The clothes get tighter. The colors get brighter. The colors get more, I, I think the word would be dull, but that seems negative. Earthy. I don't know. Fashion is constantly shifting. It's the, I, those are ideological inventions of like what looks good. What's cool is an ideological invention. We come up with this new thing. If it sticks, people are like, yeah, that is cool. Bam. Culture changes. Your norms, your behaviors, your fashion, your music changes. Ideological invention with music. People are like, this sounds good. I'm going to take what we have. Either I'm going to do a complete shift and like make something sound totally different, or I'm going to take what we have and I'm going to like change it up. And here's this, this is my idea of what sounds cool. If it sticks, it sticks. Bam. All of a sudden, the culture of music is shifting and changing. Ideas, the concept of ideological inventions is incredibly broad, such as like calculus or equality, gender, a man wearing a dress, or it could be small as in even like think of trends on social media those are that's an ideological invention someone has an idea like what about this and they try it if it sticks it sticks cool it will change the norms because people like trends is a really interesting and bizarre one people will just do it <laughs> they'll like do the exact trend that's an someone had the idea i'm gonna try this like on tiktok i'm seeing like you have to and then whatever whatever tangent they go on planking whatever else dances 
It's an invention. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to try it. And then if it sticks, people follow it. That's the shift in norms in your behavior. Other ideological shifts. Religion could be one. Or, sorry, ideological inventions. I'm going to try to not be offensive and I'm going to say that religion is in a sense an ideological invention a lot of religions would say like they are the truth but if there's only one then everything else was just made up by people and like they got it wrong if you want to look at it like that that kind of makes me cringe a little bit but religion itself introducing and we're going to do and we're actually going to do a few episodes on religion I'm going to have one episode where I introduce the concept of religion and then I'm going to look at four major religions and like what can we get out of them even if we're not practicing that religion. Anywho, religions bring in ideas of what's right and what's wrong and then that impacts the culture. A lot of times that sets the foundation of like the values and the norms and everything else. And then now you're even noticing an ideological shift of well, it kind of, I don't want to say it started, at least in Western civilization, with the um, scientific revolution of getting away from just like faith-based things and more of like, we need evidence. That is an ideological shift. And that's like a foundation of our society now. Kind of. That's funny that this shift turned to, you need evidence to back it up. And now like, look where we're at now. Everyone has what they feel is evidence to prove whatever they want to believe. And when I say everyone, I don't mean everyone. That's a generalized statement. Seems like a lot of people are doing that. That's the new norm. So ideas change culture. Ideological inventions. From calculus because calculus then improves our understanding of how to change things around us, which changes culture to equality. Like maybe we shouldn't own other human beings. Maybe these water fountains shouldn't be separate. Like maybe we should just drink from the same one. Maybe we should like reevaluate how we're handling minorities in our society. These are all ideological inventions. Again, the effort for equality, good. The means in which they go about it doesn't always mean it's good. But I would like to think that the effort for equality are good ideological inventions. And it takes time. We'll get into that. The next type of invention is tech technological technology changes culture how many of you are riding a horse around right why because a car was invented that shifts the behaviors the norms that has a lot of shifts actually let's just let's pick the car the car was invented First off, 
streets were filled with people walking around. That changed our culture. People had to walk on the sidewalk, walk on the side because cars now are zooming by. But it also shifted, like I could, let's say I'm in South Central Pennsylvania. When the cars got good enough, like not early, early on, but like now that cars are here, I can drive to the South and like be introduced to their culture. I can get off my plot of land, essentially. I can get out from wherever I was born into and wherever I was. I can go somewhere else either permanently or momentarily, then I can come back and leaving your culture, going to see a different culture, let's say like the South, if I'm in South Central PA, I'll see what their culture is about, is going to change me. So having a car, a plane, a train, your ability to experience further distance and transportation in a shorter amount of time, Almost, it turns into like globalizing. Like I can fly to Japan and get there in a day. You don't bat an eye, but like that's kind of a big deal. Because I can see what that culture is like, right? Being more globalized in regards to transportation. I see other cultures. It, I come back, it changes me or it changes my culture. Or let's say like immigration. Once we could travel across the oceans a lot more uh, consistently and effectively, people from Europe start, Europe start to come into the United States. That's going to change our culture. But even like the car, people got around by horses and that changed. And that's obvious. The car has been around for such a long time and like we're kind of experiencing a shift, a technological shift in cars where we're getting like electric and self-driving i do think the self-driving car could have a impact and impact on our culture if we get to the point where everyone has self-driving cars one that's going to be a shift in norms but two if you think of all the time you spend in a car it might not be a lot but it could be and if you didn't have to worry about driving, like if we got to that point, that's a bunch of time that you could turn to something else. Now, it could be like just watching cat videos on YouTube, which I would maybe, do, I don't know about cat videos, but I would just watch pointless things. But it could also be time for being productive. So with the technological invention of a self-driving car, humans get way more time to be productive if we choose to do that. Think about back in the day, how much time it took to get from point A to point B. That's, we'll call it time wasted. Like it took me a day to get from Philly to Harrisburg. Now it takes me two and a half hours. So rather than 24 hours, well, I don't know the exact time on a horse. Could be even longer, could be shorter, I don't know. But like that time is dedicated to me trans or driving around driving around riding around on a horse and not only that like at night i have to start a fire i don't have a lamp so i can't read and like be productive and learn about like calculus or whatever you want now it's just two and a half hours and i can just do the next thing now that doesn't necessarily mean that like every single moment of my life is based on productivity but collectively as a whole that had a, had a major shift things are happening quicker bam 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 i talk to my students like 
and I try to get deep with them and they rarely catch on, but it's like, think about the implications of the relativity of time with the inventions and the improvements of transportation. Rather than writing a letter and like mailing it, so my idea takes a day to get to you. I can text it to you instantaneously. So communication just got a lot shorter. Think of like war, for instance. Think of like civil war. Everyone was getting around either by walking or on horse. Maybe the train, like the train was popping into the scene around that time. Letters, that's how they communicated or like someone, yeah, so you had to like write a letter, put it on a horse and then like go as fast as you could. So battles and things are happening a little bit slower. Moves that are being made are slower. When you get to like World War One or even World War Two, where you have like a radio on the battlefield and we have vehicles, things happen quicker. So the time, the distance in between time between more major events is shortening. So what does that do with our like concept of time? You could go very deep with that. But anywho, these inventions, our ability to transport, our ability to communicate, these technological inventions shift things. And it shifts like almost so much that I could spend an entire class on that. But I can get to Japan in a day. I can communicate with someone in Japan right now. I can text them. I can go on FaceTime with them. I can see them. That shifts my culture. We'll get into fusion in a second. But not only that, people growing bananas in South Central America can get those bananas up here and then I can have just a basket of bananas if I want. That's a cultural shift. A shift in what we eat. Spices. Like you don't understand how big of a deal it is to have a spice rack. If you were to show us, like pretty much America's happened, like the United States of America happened because of spice. Spain wanted a better route to get involved in the spice trade. They needed to like, they needed to make a shift. So that like they sent some dude who turns out apparently to be a doofus. <gasps> Ideological invention, revisionist history. Um, across, he discovers in quotations, this land, things happen. What about the cell phone too? The cell phone has had such a major shift on the United on the United States. On global culture, it's kind of hard to even like define. A few things. One, I have in my pocket a device that I can access almost any piece of information that's ever been. It's the modern day printing press. If you're a nerd, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you still might be a nerd, but not in this context. The printing press, back in the day, the church essentially controlled everything in Europe and they controlled all the information and they controlled your idea of how you got into heaven or hell. And so, but there was only one Bible in the village. And so they, they had the book of the source of knowledge that controlled your life. And they're like, all right. And they're like once a week, open up the book. And like the book says this, 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 this. And like you, one, you probably can't read. Two, you don't have access to the book. So you're like, 
Okay. Like that was your access to knowledge or information. And eventually, this guy named Gutenberg creates what's called the printing press where you can, I have stats on it. Like rather than taking a month to make a book, it would you can make 500 books in a month, something like that. Like it just increases the level in which the book could get out. And then this guy, Martin Luther, he's like, hold up, the church is lying to you. And then starts like printing a bunch of Bibles and just like distributing them out. And then people open up the book like, wait, what? Their access to information increased. And then not only that, like then like scientific papers, you could cause think of the game telephone. I could have like some ideological invention, right? Let's say in France, if I write that idea down and then we create like a thousand pamphlets and then you just hand out the idea to people and then they can just read like exactly what I wrote down, we're all on the same page. But without that, I can say something, I could even write it down, I'll give it to you, we have one copy. I can give it to you. You can try to like write out like four copies and like distribute that. But then eventually it's just going to be people like, hey, I read this. This is what it said. And they like tell to someone. And then that person's like, oh, yo, I heard this thing. This is what it was. Telephone or whisper down the lane. Eventually the idea is just completely shot. And like it's not the same idea between France and Germany and Italy and whatever else in Europe. Same thing with the Bible. But if we're all looking at the same Bible, we can all be like, no, it says this. And we can argue Protestants, Catholics, Lutherans, it all just gets complicated. Shift in culture. Even like science then. I do this with my students. We play telephone or whisper down the lane where I give them a scientific equation. I'm like, good luck. And like, it's completely shot within four people. They don't remember the equation. You can't do science unless you're all looking at the same equations or ideas. So that, that's the impact of the printing press. It shifts the culture where like everyone now has access to information, which then shifts the culture even further. And then think of the internet. If something happens in the world, there's before the internet, either one, I'm not going to hear about it at all, or two, I'm going to read about it in the paper. And how can you trust that source? But with the internet... I can, and now cell phones, everyone, everyone, a lot of people, a lot of people, people have cell phones in their pockets with cameras and they can videotape it and then post it up for anyone that has access to the internet to see. So I can see things going on and that shifts my understanding of the world, my own culture, whatever else. There's, and even like cell phones, affecting our cultural norms there is a picture of hillary clinton when she was campaigning to be president she's like in some crowd and she's waving and it was like a photo op 98 percent of the crowd is taking pictures of her and they're facing away from hillary clinton what are they doing their camera they have a phone that has a camera on the front and the back. So the technological invention of putting a camera on the front with a screen has shifted a few things. Probably our self-image issues and just self-image and fascination with that. But then also how we take pictures. Like selfies are a thing now. They, like they invented a selfie stick. That shifts what's normal for us. 
putting a camera on the front part of the phone has had a major shift in our culture. Imagine, like, imagine people back in the day didn't have just like a handheld mirror. Well, they kind of did with like a comb. I used to have that on a comb. But like they weren't always just going out and like checking and like looking at themselves. But you can do that now with a phone. It's kind of like normal. Why? Because of social media. And like you have a reason to be taking a picture of yourself. So you can post up on social media so you can get likes. And that impacts like how you feel about yourself. All that stuff. That's a technological invention that's shifted our culture. That was not not the same in the 80s. Now, self-image things were probably different back then different now and that's because culture has changed social media has shifted and i guess that's a that's a technological invention that shifted things one i can see what the fashion is like in england and that might that might like impact me rather than like you know the meme of like middle schoolers now versus middle schoolers when i was in middle school that's true. Why? Because like they can see the top of the line of like what's cool, which is an ideological invention on social media. So like this concept of cool and this idea has been like almost globalized. I'm going on right now, but it's true. Like whatever, like an idea could pop up in England of what's cool and that if it sticks, it sticks and it goes like, I'll say global, but it could be like in the United States. Pre-social media, that idea pops up in England. It spreads like maybe a few towns, maybe takes over England. But like that's not going to the United States, most likely. Social media has shifted. It's created a more globalized culture. I'm seeing what's happening. I'm seeing what people are doing, how they're dressing in Japan or in Korea or in I'm listening to music in Australia. And that's like changed the like I think we're going to look back because I'm into psychedelic rock, like Tame Impala, Pond, all those bands in Australia. There's some good music coming out of there and it's like shifted things. Because of time, we got to move on. The next thing that changes culture is called diffusion. And that essentially is if you were to take two cultures and put them together, they're going to have a baby and whatever that product is, is, is the product of diffusion. Think of like Taco Bell. You have like American fast food lifestyle mixed with Hispanic food, poop out Taco Bell. Even like I was talking to a friend, Ryan, I'm going to do a podcast with him on music or no, on food, not music, on food. And we were talking about like how Italians brought their food to the United States. And then because of it's almost like chopped like because of the situation that was going on in the united states like pizzas were different in the united states than they were in italy diffusion is two cultures coming together what their norms are and their cultures impact the other one and then like blends into one thing that changes culture the united states culture is just constantly changing before prior to social media and all that it was immigrants coming in and bringing their culture with them that would shift things music religion ideas fashion tradition whatever else like groundhog day that's you can connect that to germany like what the heck is groundhog's day groundhog day we'll talk about that but now that you have social media and the internet like that's even just like a more wide-scale global diffusion of culture who knows maybe we're just on our way to one homogenous culture i don't know that would be there was a lot of things that would, there are a lot of things that would have to be removed 
And you know what? People wouldn't like it. Why? What prevents change from culture, change of culture from happening? Habit. People get set in their ways. That's why, and really it's, uh, this might be offensive, but it's almost two things. It's the <laughs> kind of the elderly and then conservatives, usually religion. Of like, no, that's not how we do things. Hold up. Like, think of even this like gender thing. Explaining that to older people, they're like, I don't know. Like, ugh, that's, but why has he got to wear a dress? And, like, some older people are, I'll put in quotations, woke. And like, yeah, cool. Other older people are like, that's not how we did it though. That's constant. That's always going to, that's always, ha always has happened, always will happen. You have usually younger people who are coming up with different ideas. Like, well, wh why do we do that? What about this? And they're like popping up or creating ideas, shifting our culture. Technology spreads it even further. It also changes how you behave, like norms or whatever else. Older people, not that good with technology. Younger people, they're with it. Like TikTok. I even have a hard time with TikTok now. It's going to get crazy. When I'm like 70 or 80, there are, I can't, I cannot even comprehend like what the things are going to be happening that I'm going to look at. Like, I don't know, man. That's not how we did things. And like, I can try to imagine and like predict. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'd be okay with that. But that's the thing. I'm sure there's going to be a point in my life where something is thought of an ideological invention, fashion, behavior, beliefs, whatever, where I could not have even seen it coming. And that's where the resistance happens. You know, like, I don't know how many, and I'm talking, when I say older people, like people in their seventies, eighties, let's just say, even people in their like sixties and younger and not every older person. But I don't know if they were really like prepared for a man just walking around wearing a dress with like his nails painted in a purse and like like Jonathan Van Ness who has a full beard, long hair, and then is wearing a dress. Like I don't know if they were prepared for that. And again, not every old some old people are like, yeah, man, do it up. And like, cool. I hope I'm generally like that, but I, I can't imagine, I can't think of the things that I can't even prepare myself for, if that makes sense. That also includes technological inventions. Technology is going to develop exponentially. So like think of where we were at in the 1950s and where we are now. That's a huge shift. Like Self-driving cars, for instance, I think when they first come out, naturally, people are going to be like, I don't know. And like, they're going to be very hesitant to get their hand off the wheel. Now, when like the self-driving cars get good enough, people are going to be probably much more trusting. But also like a younger person who is born into a world where cars drive themselves, they're going to be like, yeah, let's hop in the car. Let's go. An older person might be like, uh, like what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean it's going to drive itself? Like, I don't trust that. What if it malfunctions? That's like the classic question everyone's asking, which is a valid question now because we don't know. But if it works, a kid that's born into the world is like, yeah, it's, it's a car. It's what cars do. But like, let's get crazy here as I like to do and think about like future things. 
What happens when, and what impact will this have on culture when you can implant a chip into your brain that just downloads a bunch of information? Think about the shift that that's going to have and shift <laughs> that that's going to have on culture. Language. I can just speak whatever language I want. Like, how's that going to change? Again, th- so think about it. If I can essentially turn my brain into a computer, which Elon Musk is already talking about, who the heck knows if he's going to do it, that would make me exponentially smarter. Like, currently, I have to, if I want to learn physics, for instance, I have to find the information. I have to like read all the information. I have to comprehend it. And I have to, like, it's the whole understanding it, application, all that. Bloom's taxonomy, if you will. If you don't know what that is, listen to my The Process podcast series. Little plug, right? But like, think about with a computer chip, it like in turning my brain into a computer, I can just download that information. I can just. It's not even like I have to download it necessarily. I can just access that information on the internet in my brain. Someone will be speaking Spanish to me and my brain will just know Spanish. Like I'll know all the languages. Now there's going to be resistance. Will Would you resist that? Because I ask my students this. I'm like, if there was a possibility to put a chip in your brain, would you do that? And a lot of them are like, no. Like, what if someone hacks it? Like they ask all these questions, which are totally valid questions. And that's like the resistance of habit because that's not a world we're born into, right? That's completely new. And I was listening to a podcast. It was the Rogan podcast with Elon Musk. And Rogan was like, when do you think this might like start happening? And Elon's like, oh, we got some time, like five years. Like what? (laughs) I was washing dishes. I was like, oh no, (laughs) because we're all going to, if this becomes a reality, we're all going to have to make a choice here. You either choose to join in and put the chip in your brain and like turn your brain into a computer or don't. And everyone that does it, everyone first off that has the money to do it. So like the implications of like the wealth gap and everything else, I don't know what that's going to be like, but everyone that does it is now going to be like superhuman, exponentially smarter. And everyone else is just straight up dumb. It'll be like, no offense. I don't know who this would offend, but like humans to chimps, maybe even worse. Like humans to dogs. That's going to have a huge shift on culture. The no, like think of the way people are, like, what is that going to do on the social hierarchy and all of it? That's going to be crazy. If that happens, that's like a deeper into the future, maybe like within potentially you or in my lifetime, we're going to have to make that choice. That's a technological invention that's going to impact culture. It's probably going to be met by resistance. Just like self-driving cars is probably going to be met by resistance. Just like any form of technology is probably going to be met by resistance. And here's the other thing. This whole, with even with ideological or with technological, like I said before, like ideas can have good intentions, but maybe they're not as effective as hope as hoped would be. The same thing with technology, like 
the resistance could actually also be good. Like maybe humans were better off without cell phones. I don't know. The benefits for it are just phenomenal. Like you have in your pocket a little cube that ha can almost tell you anything. Like imagine showing this to someone in the from the 1500s. Like yo, check this out. That's there. They can't. I don't think they could even comprehend it. Which, what's that? 500 years? Did I say 16 or 15? Let's just. I can't even remember if I what I said. Let's say I said 1500s. Let's push forward 500 years in the future. It's going to be bog mind-boggling. But maybe some technological inventions like are not good for us. And the resistance is valid. I think at least like what we can learn from what you and I can take from that if that's true, is when ideological and technological inventions occur, that just because they have happened and have been thought of or have been made, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good, right? We should, I think, be place things into context. What is being said? What is being thought? What is the new invention? And then ask ourselves, like, where does this fit in our society? Is it good? Don't just assume like this cell phone is just good for us. Don't assume that like, oh, well, it's been invented. Like it seems fun and then just do it. But here's, yeah, this is also how, we, how I feel. Like with artificial intelligence, it seems like there's, I mean, there's some conversations that will be good and bad, good or bad, but it feels like we're on our way to creating something and not to like be a Debbie Downer here, but we're on our way to creating something that's just going to be far smarter than us that eventually we're just going to be like, uh, you take over because you're just better. I don't know if that's good. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people know that, like that's probably where this is going to lead. And like, I don't know if we just can't stop it or what. That's kind of, I suppose, a side thing with technological invention. Not as much to do with culture. But going back to, like, let's say Facebook in all those social medias. Is it good for our culture to have that? And, like, perhaps we should reflect on, like, what is it doing to our culture? How is it changing us? And how are we allowing it to change us? Because there's a difference between a technology like social media changing you um, consciously as in like you're using it like, oh, nice, I can use this now. Or it's subconsciously, and I don't know if that's a correct way of saying it, but it's essentially subconsciously changing you and us. Like it's made us more polarized, perhaps, without us even really being aware of it. It's not like when Facebook came out, people are like, this is the chance to be polarized now. It's just an, an effect, the cause effect that like we weren't really prepared for. And it seems like it has happened. Can we look at how technology has changed our culture and not to be like the old people of saying like, oh, that's bad. I'm not getting in a self-driving car because that's just not how we do things. Like that's a pretty bogus reason. But perhaps there are technological inventions that are having a negative influence on our culture.
Just because it changes culture doesn't mean that it's good. Evolution does not necessarily mean progress. That just means change. Change that is able to happen in the correct context. Same thing with ideological inventions. Just because an idea is thought of, and even if it has good intentions, doesn't mean it's good. That will have, in the long run, a good impact, an effective, positive impact that's hoped for on our culture. Culture changes. That is inevitable. You are going to experience, and like, I wonder if it seems that as people get older, they get more interested in history. And one of my theories that I have no way of confirming is that because they have experienced a shift in a change, they can look back and like, oh, well, like it was different back then. And like, they have lived through that. We're all going to go through that. Ideas and technology are going to pop up. Some are going to stick and they're going to change us collectively and you individually. You should not resist just because the statement that, well, that's just not how we do things is not a good way of looking at it. I think the best, and I was just talking to a coworker about this. I think this is how I will go about life. I think, and I'm 27, there's a decent chance that when I'm like 50 and if I listen back to this, I'm like, you're such an idiot, <laughs> you know? But I think the best way that I can think of approaching this is, change that is, is predict hindsight. For instance, the idea that men can marry other men, that is met with resistance. Few things like religion plays a part in that. Like that's not what God intended. Fine. We also have separation church and state. But then just through general resistance of like, that's just not how we do things. That's like, that's not, we don't do that. That hasn't been a thing. Like, okay. The same thing could have been said for segregated water fountains. We hopefully don't bat an eye when there's a desegregated water fountain. And you have a choice for things that are invented, ideological or technological, to accept it to resist it and like long-term this isn't like you have 30 seconds think of examples of good and bad i will think of some and i will say them right now in 19 in the 1950s when schools started to become desegregated we had pictures of some white people holding up angry people holding up signs essentially saying that this is a terrible idea looking back those people look uh, what, stupid, racist, whatever words you want to use, like, that was not the right call. You made the wrong choice. You resisted the wrong thing. I get why you did it. You're a product of your time and place. Bob Dylan would say you're only a pawn in their game, but you made the wrong choice. Why? You weren't using critical thinking, I guess. You weren't able to take a step back and use hindsight and be like, this is actually not that big of a deal that people of the same skin color will go to the same school. You made the wrong choice. Or, and I I tend to go like hyperbolic, I think is the way of saying it. I go to extremes. Think of not resisting, like when the Nazi party came into 
Germany and people did not resist it. And enough people did not resist it where it became a thing. You made the wrong choice. It's, it's almost, it's difficult, dare I say almost impossible to know exactly what the future is going to bring. But how about we all, when new things pop up, we just pause, let's calm down, let's take a step back, zoom out, and predict how could this impact us? When us as a culture, norms, beliefs, behaviors, social hierarchy, whatever, the way we are, how is this going to impact us? And then also you individually. Just take a week on it. Then make a decision. Objective decision. Identify your biases. So like the, those people with the signs, stuff about desegregated schools. I don't think they checked their biases or maybe they just didn't care. But they're on the losing side. They're on the wrong side. Like they made the wrong choice. Critical thinking. Wisdom, I would say. Use wisdom. Change happens. And like, you got to be okay with change. Why are you losing sleep over Jonathan Van Ness? If you are, like, for what? Now, I say this, 27, when I'm 70 and there's like some type of change that I cannot even possibly imagine what it is, or invention, and I cannot possibly imagine what it is, and that happens. And then I am like, I don't know, man. Like, that's just not how we did it. Someone send me this podcast and say, yeah, it was like at the hour mark, you said something about why are you freaking out about Jonathan Van Ness? Like, this is 2050's version of Jonathan Van Ness. I'm like, all right, that's fair. Something to think about, folks culture changes. You will change. You will be a part of that change. You have a voice. Will you accept, embrace, or will you resist? And what motivates either decision? That's it for us. The bell is ringing. Come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone if your time to you is worth saving then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone or the times they are changing Speak too soon for the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Was the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing Senators, congressmen, please heed the call 
Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside raging Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are a-changing It is drawn, the curse it is cast The slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now will later be last For the times they are a-changing 